Welcome to the Pacey Performance Podcast. Today, I'm speaking with Director of Strength and Conditioning at Eastern Michigan University, Ron McKeefrey. Hi guys, thanks for tuning in to the Pacey Performance Podcast. Today I have Ron McKeefrey on the line. The reason I wanted to get Ron on was to discuss working in a Division I university in the US. So we discuss his role at East Michigan University and the process that he goes through with his, with his athletes and the kind of journey that they go on throughout their three or four years with him. We also look at the initial assessment that he goes through when, when students first arrive uh, as a freshman. We also talk about an article that Ron was involved with with the NSCA Coaches Corner when he offers three pieces of advice for aspiring strength coaches. We also finish off with a chat about Iron Game Chalk Talk, which is Ron's podcast. He's on episode 80-something or 90-something at the minute, so he's, um, he's very experienced when it comes to the pod. If you haven't checked it out, you need to check it out, and he's over at ronmckeefree.com. But just before we get into the chat with Ron, I'd just like to say a massive thank you for the feedback I've been getting over the last couple of episodes. Keep that coming. Uh, if there's anything that needs to be changed, uh, I'm doing well, uh, I'd, like to, I'd like to know. As always, you can keep up to date with everything that's going on the podcast if you subscribe on iTunes. You could also download the Podomatic app and you can listen on the go if you haven't got iTunes. And you can also listen on YouTube now. So if you go over to the Pace Performance YouTube channel, all the episodes are on there. The two best places to keep up to date with everything that's going on the podcast is if you follow me on Twitter, at Pacey Perform, or keep checking back to the Pacey Performance website, which is paceyperformance.co.uk, and you'll get to know when all the podcasts go live. But here is the chat with Ron McKeefrey. Hi guys, welcome to the Pace Performance podcast. If I'm being totally honest, I'm a little bit nervous because it's kind of the master and the uh, the student today. I've got Ron McKeefe on the line. So I'd just like to welcome Ron to the podcast. Well, I appreciate you having me, man. Fan of your show and I and, uh, think you're doing a great, great job and, and excited to be here. Thanks, mate. It's great to have you. Would I be able to ask you to do a little bit of a bio on yourself, uh, education, background and what you're currently doing? Yeah, sure. It's, it's a long one. Uh, I try to be short-winded with it. You know, I I, I played uh, football, American football, and um, and and then threw javelin in, in college um, at, at the university, uh, Ottawa University. And um, in that process, you know, through high school and college, I you know I was kind of a self-made athlete. Um, you know, worked extremely hard in the weight room. Fell in love with the weight room and and what it did for me and. Um, you know, I went to school originally to, to go into medicine and, and be a doctor and uh, learned pretty quickly that I, I, you know, I didn't like cutting on live people. I, you know, <laughs> cadavers was okay, but, but live people I had a problem with. And, and, um, and so I started, you know, kind of researching. And, and this is before um, strength and conditioning was really a, a, a widespread, you know, um, you know, profession. And so... I uh, heard about strength and conditioning and it made complete sense to me. And so, you know, I started reaching out to a bunch of different coaches and 
Um, and, you know, and long story short, I went, you know, I did an internship with Kansas City Royals, which is professional baseball. And then I, I did, a, I went and did another internship and worked its way into a, a, a part-time assistant position with the Tampa Bay Bucks, which is a professional football team. And, um, you know, from there I became a head strength coach over in Europe in, in NFL Europe, uh, with the Berlin Thunder in Germany. And, um, when I came back to the States, um, there was a startup school called the University of South Florida that was just starting a football program. And so I got in kind of on the ground floor of that. And we, we were able to develop that program and, and have a tremendous amount of success going to several bowl games and, you know, putting out a lot of good football players and um, was there for 10 years. Left there to go work with Army Special Operations, so uh, in the military, and, uh, and then quickly left um, and, and, and found a job with the University of Tennessee as the head strength coach, which is a major, major college football program. And, uh, you know, you know, wins and losses kind of determine your fate as a coach. And so we, we didn't have uh, as many wins as we would have liked and led to us being let go as a staff. Um, found a home with the Cincinnati Bengals, which is another professional football team. And, um, and then I, uh, I was able to, you know, I went to college, like I said, for medicine and I got my degree in biology and exercise science. And, you know, I've, I've along the way picked up about every certification kind of known a man. Um, but, uh, in that process I met, you know, at, at the university, my senior year, I met, uh, a first time head football coach, 26 years old, came in my senior year, 21 years old, you know, um, he, he, you know, we went from one and nine my junior year to nine and one when he came in and, and he just got a job here at Eastern Michigan university as the head football coach was, which is a division one program. And I told myself if I ever, um, had an opportunity to work for him at division one level, I was going to take it and do it. And so, um, that's where I'm at now at Eastern Michigan. And, um, we're trying to rebuild a program that, that hasn't had a lot of success, but you know, lots of really positive things going on behind the scenes right now. That sounds great. So something that resonated with me a little bit, um, the, the kind of transition from player to coach, was that, was that seamless? Was that a struggle? You know, it was, um, I, you know, I just, you know, I'm going through with our, our players right now because a lot of our players are just finishing up. And, you know, the hardest thing for an athlete to do is to to be done um, with, you know, the competitive part of their, you know, their their career. And uh, and so I don't think it's ever easy as, a, as an athlete. I mean, you're kind of built that way. Um to, to, to go out and compete every day and work towards a goal and, and all those things. But at the same time, you know, I was able to kind of see my career through and, um, and realize that, you know, I needed the game still in my life. I needed, you know, college football or football in my life. And, and so it motivated me to, to go and put that same type of intensity and focus and passion towards a, a coaching career. And so, you know, I'm lucky I get to wear – you know, gym shorts and a, and a t-shirt to work every day and, and, um, continue to be around the sport that I love. Mm -hmm. Totally agree. Apart from the, the gym shorts, cause it's about minus five in Huddersfield at a minute. So maybe some <laughs> tracksuits, tracksuit bottoms and a coat. Um, but yeah, um, with the American collegiate system being so different to what we see over here in the UK, 
Would you give us a bit of a feel for what it's like day to day working at East Michigan? Yeah, you know, I, you know I, I, this is a question that I kind of always ask on, on our podcast, you know, because, you know, my, you know, I, I went to the NFL Europe, which kind of opened my eyes to global strength and conditioning um, early in my career. And then, you know, I've, I've since spoken around the world at different conferences and um, we adopted our kids from Ukraine and Honduras. Um, and so I really have a, a passion for um, that global approach to strength and conditioning. And, and uh, what I found is, you know, um, not, and I was really blown away by the UK SCA conference. I mean, I, I thought the science that was being put out and the, and the, and the delivery was spot on and phenomenal. And, and, you know, I ended up kind of changing my presentation to be more about the coaching aspect and kind of the, the kind of, you know, outside of the X's and O's of strength and conditioning. And, and what I found is, is, is in a lot of countries, um, it's more of a clinical type of approach. It's more of kind of a medical type of approach where it's, you come in and you, and, and you train and you do what's on the card and you leave. And um, I think in the American collegiate system, you know, the role of a strength coach is much more than just the X's and O's of strength and conditioning. It really is uh, more of a, uh, a mentor type of role, a, a um, kind of a, a development, um, you know, mind, body and spirit type of role. And so you're, you're constantly involved in things that wouldn't traditionally be considered part of your job, you know, making sure they go to class and making sure they, they do any kind of accountability and make sure they're, they're, they're active in the community and make sure, you know, and they're going to treatment and, you know, all those types of things. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, it kind of falls to the strength coach a lot of times, but, you know, some strength coaches look at that and say, well, I'm not a babysitter and I'm not this and I'm not that. And, what it is is it's 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 kind of getting it's being a part of those other twenty two hours because if you don't if you don't you know you got it for two hours but those other twenty two hours if they don't do the right things and you're you're fighting a losing battle as a strength coach and so we we constantly try to find ways to be involved with their life and by doing so you know I, I, I've said it all the time on my podcast is that you spell love T-I-M-E you know what you love you'll spend time with you know mm. by showing that we invest time in them that when we ask them to, to do things that are extremely uncomfortable in the weight room um, we're able to do that without the carrots that some of the other coaches I mean we don't have the carrot of playing time or the carrot of you know getting the ball or, or whatever we have like you're going to get destroyed in this weight room but um, you know, I'm not going to really give you anything other than the, the, you know, the pitch that you're going to be better on at the sport you chose to do. Mm. So it's, um, you know, you have to have a great relationship with the athletes and, and you do that by being a part of their life. So how do you go about educating these? Well, I say educa- educating these guys the, to look after themselves for the, the 22 hours that you're not kind of by the side. Well, you know, it, it, like I said, it starts with, you know, the, you know, the education in the weight room and, and what they're trying to do and, and how hard they're working to accomplish their goals and that small decisions throughout their day um, will, will negate what they just work so extremely hard to do, you know, and, um, and so we, we're constantly, you know, we're, we're constantly setting up, um, 
you know, cooking demos and grocery store tours and, and, and laying out meal planning and, and, you know, um, to little things like, you know, you're driving down the street and you see a McDonald's and you text one of your players and you say, you know, Hey, I better not have seen you in McDonald's, you know? (laughs) So, um, you know, it's, you just have to, we, we just try to find ways to, uh, to, to, provide the content, but then reinforce the content, um, outside in little, in little ways. And so social media has been a big tool for us. You know, they're, they're, the athletes are constantly on it. So we try to meet them where they're at with that. Um, you know, we, we try to, to provide them with life experiences, you know, so climbing mountains and going whitewater rafting and, um, you know, doing different things like that, where it's an ex- it's experience, things that they would not have done on their own. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and in those moments, trying to find things that you can relate to. So when you, you know, when you just got done climbing a, a 14,000 foot mountain, and you're talking about setting goals and working to achieve them and, and, and dealing with adversity, and it, you can always kind of point back to those things. Um, and, it, and it's something that will resonate with them for the rest of their life. Mm. So did you say it's quite a, quite a new program at East Michigan or has it been going for quite a number of years now? It's, it's a, a, it's got a great tradition or a long history. Um, Forgive my ignorance when it comes to that. No, but it's, but it's a program that has not had a winning program for for 20 plus years. So, um, you know, we came in and, and, um, you know, and honestly, we just got done finishing the season and we, and we had a very similar season of the year they had before, but I think, um, you know, anytime you take over a program, um, you know, you have to put your stamp on things. You have to create your culture. You have to, you know, um, to provide a, a, a solid base to recruit. Uh, your type of player too and, and, and get talent and, and those types of things. And so that's what this last year has been is really just saying, okay, here's a, here's a standard, here's an expectation. This is what we, you know, we are demanding that you meet and finding out who's willing to take that journey with us. Yeah. I mean, I spoke to Jay DeMeo a couple of weeks ago um, with regards to his, his basketball guys and girls. So about the, the kind of journey that they go through in their, three or four year degree or you know five year with a master's or whatever but what can what's the journey look like for your guys that go through your your three four five year program you know it's, it's a little bit different for everybody um you know that, that you you would like the journey to be that they go through kind of a year of development you know that they're red shirt and that they're not competitive for a year and and you know you have a whole year to just kind of to um to provide a solid foundation for what you're trying to accomplish. Um, and then it's, you know, it, it, then it's your basically it's kind of, it kind of follows your, your typical periodization model where you're, you're building strength for a couple of years and you're, and, and, and then you're hoping to realize power out of that, you know, in, in your last couple. And, you know, it progresses from, you know, basic exercises and basic progressions to, to more advanced exercises and progressions. But the reality is, is that, you know, that freshman that walks in um, may end up starting for you right away, you know, and so you're balancing trying to to um, develop them while they're still competing and and, um, and things along those lines. So what we do is we, we try to provide a solid base 
uh, of uh, principle-based strength conditioning where we're, we're constantly overloading, we're constantly progressing, we're, we're adding variety, uh, we're training the entire body. Um, we, we train um, every 42, you know, 48 to 72 hours. Um, and, and we do that, you know, and we, provide, we, we hold them extremely accountable. And, um, and by having this principle-based strength conditioning, it, it, we're, we're able to um, develop the athletes throughout their entire career and, um, and, and, and do so in both a sport and position and athlete, you know, athlete specific way, you know, and, and uh, I think the biggest challenge then is the skill acquisition part where you're, you got several different positions and you're trying to, when you get to your, the conditioning pieces where you're, you're working on skill acquisition, it's, it's trying to provide coverage and accountability for, um, for those athletes, you know, and that's, that's always a challenge. So how, so from entering the program on when they're 18, how long do you get with these guys before, like you said, that freshman might go into been um, starting on a, on a gate on game day? How long do you get with them guys? Yeah. You know, it, 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 again, it depends on when they come in. Um, most of the time, you know, you have uh, about a month before yeah. uh, the season starts and, and you're in an in-season program with, with a true freshman, somebody just coming into university. And so, um, you know, in that time, you might have, you know, last year out of the 25 guys that we brought in, we, we played three of them, you know. Um, so 22, uh, 22 of them, you know, had a whole year of worth of development, which was great, or whole, you know, four or five months worth of development. But, you know, we, we – um, but you, you get transfers all the time. You get, you know – um, you, you get different uh, people in different walks and different parts of their uh, their uh, their journey in in the college setting. So, um, really, like I said, I mean, it, it, for us, and uh, you would like to. It's a little bit different than like a, a quadrennial type of Olympic type of uh, of uh, plan. You know, um, they're coming in, and you're having to you, you, you kind of have a a you've developed a program that to play this, this game, you have to kind of meet these standards. And, um, and, and this is the type of program that you need to kind of to prepare your body for the rigors of competition. So we're going to do this and the, and the development and the progression becomes where they're at in their strength and power and um, levels, you know? And so, you know, basically it's just the, spe the specificity part of it becomes you know, them doing a certain, you know, whatever the, their uh, percentages of their one RMs, you know. Mm -hmm. So upon entry into the program, what's the first thing you, you do? Do you get any um, kind of inkling what these guys are like prior? Or are they coming and it's like, hi, I'm Ron, let's get going? Yeah, <laughs> it's, 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 you, you're getting a melting pot, you know, because especially coming out of, of high school where, you know, like I always talk to our young coaches telling them that, you know, high school is kind of an untapped market. Mm. Um, you know, most high schools here don't have strength coaches. So, you know, some guys have had really good coaches that have taken, you know, lots of you know time to invest in themselves as coach, as strength coaches and learn 
And then you got some guys and it's an afterthought, you know, they're a football coach and they just happen to, you know, they, they work out on the sides. So they, they, you know, they, uh, they're in charge of the strength program. And so, um, you know, it, it, what, what I do, honestly, um, and, the, and this doesn't, you know, sometimes I, 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 the pure strength coach will probably disagree with me, but that first week I, I beat the crap out of them. You know? <laughs> I, that first week I, you know, I, I make it be one of the hardest things they've ever done. And um, the reason I do that is because, you know, these guys, they, they've all just spent a whole, you know, two years, three years in some cases getting told how great they were in the recruiting process, you know? And so they have this, this confidence, you know, just it's human nature. It's just natural, but they have this confidence about them and um, that they're invincible and that, you know, that they're going to, you know, they're going to come in and it's not going to be any different than what they've had and this, that, and the other. And so that first week, um, you know, we, we, we try to break them off just so that they, they understand that it's different. You know, and when somebody understands that, you know, this is a different level, then they start to open their mind to learning new things and doing it the right way, you know. And so we do that in that same week. We'll, we'll do testing. We'll, 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 you know, we'll test them. And, and uh, what we use for, for football is all the same tests that the, uh, the NFL combine uses. So height and weight, body fat, vertical, broad jump. 225 for reps, um, 40 yard dash, uh, 510 pro agility, lateral speed and agility drill, uh, three cone wheel drill, and then we do a conditioning test, a 300 yard shuttle, and we add one RM bench and one RM squat to that, and um, so and we do that so that we can we can get programming numbers. Um, so that we, we have an, a, an understanding of where they're at and how to program um, their exercises. And so we'll do all that in the first week. Then from there, it's, it's basically they're integrated fully into the program. Mm-hmm. So you, you mentioned that some may come out of high school with no strength and conditioning coach. Are you, are you jumping them guys straight into to do that kind of maximal testing or do they have some sort of prep beforehand? Yeah, you know, I mean, we – Basically, we'll go through and, and um, provided they have not shown any kind of uh, technique flaw, you know, yeah. and so, you know, in their warm-up sets, if they're having a technique flaw, um, and we'll, we'll educate them on technique, we'll coach them up on it prior to, um, but, you know, we'll, 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 let, we'll go ahead and go. And if, mm-hmm. if they're, as long as they're in the warm-up sets, they're not showing any technique flaws, we'll progress them to what – is a true one RM for them at that point with good technique, you know, now the minute that technique breaks down, that's, that's what their true one RM is with good technique, you know? And, um, and we have the coaches, the number of coaches and the, and the eyes and the accountability to be able to do that. Cool. So do you, do you put them through any sort of movement screen prior to them, them coming? No, we don't. Um, it's, it's, it's something that uh, I've used in, in other places with, you know, with different programs. But, you know, the reality is, is, is uh, the reality is it's here at, at Eastern. We didn't have the equipment to do do so um, initially. And, um, and then, you know, we'll use the movement prep as kind of a screen 
in that, you know, throughout. And uh, what we do and what I found kind of going through the years and, and talking with Gray quite a bit, great cook, you know, developed, uh, you know, FMS and is, you know, the, 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 those corrections kind of are universal, you know. And, and so what we do is we build our corrections into our workouts because I don't, I don't like guys standing around. Um, and so that active recovery becomes corrective exercise, um, between their, their multiple joint movements. Yeah. No, that's cool. Um, just jumping away from train talk a little bit, I mentioned, uh, I saw a, an article that you'd, you'd done recently, well, I don't know how recent it was for the NSCA coaches corner, um, and asking you three pieces of advice for aspiring coaches. Um, you said, quote network like crazy can you give us a little bit of a reason um why you said that and just a bit of an insight how you've gone about things you mentioned right at the start and why it's so important to to network well you know the the field is is um still very much a kind of an apprenticeship type of field you know it's it's still being defined by uh, the practical application as opposed to the scientific knowledge, you know? And so, you know, by getting out and talking to as many coaches as possible, you can learn how they've taken and applied practically the knowledge that we've kind of all kind of gained through exercise science, exercise phys and, and kines and on and on and on. And, um, and that's really where it comes down to. And, and, I'm, you know, th- that, Plus the fact that, you know, there's such a limited number of jobs for the number of coaches that want those jobs that, you know, the way that, you know, you have to, the way you have a leg up is by people knowing who you are, you know? And so, you know, as a young coach, the first part becomes just getting out and seeing different ways because you're kind of a product of what you, the environment that you've been in. So you've learned a certain way and you think that's the one and only way until all of a sudden you see somebody else having similar or more success with a different system. And so it's important to kind of challenge your ideals of what you think strength and conditioning is as a young coach. It's also important, you know, for you to um, get out and meet coaches because when I hire coaches, you know, because there's so many other aspects of this job outside of just as the exodos and the knowledge of strength and conditioning um, that I need to have ultimate trust and that you're going to have the ability to perform that task, you know, because unfortunately, especially in, in the United States and, and major programs across the, country, the world, you get with some premier programs and you make a mistake as a strength coach, it's front page news or it's on sports center or it's, you know, it's all you know it's on the the local news channel or whatever you know and and you can't have that you know and and maintain your credibility as a coach in the profession and so you have to have a a a very solid trust in the people that you hire you know so those two things and i I talked to our coaches and and i've mentioned this quite a few times on 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 my podcast is that to, to be a great strength coach you, you have to be three things, in my opinion. You know, one is, and this is where I think most strength coaches spend all their time, is you have to be a great technician. 
okay, we, we, we like to lift weights. And so because we like to lift weights, we start teaching people how to lift weights, <laughs> you know, yeah. and it, it's kind of like a plumber, right? If you're a plumber, you know, well, you, you're, you become a great technician. You, you go out and you, and you're, you're working plumbing jobs and you kind of see every different way of fixing a sink or fixing a tub or whatever. <laughs> and you, you know, you know how to do it, but the second piece and how you grow as, as a strength conditioning professional is that you have to be a great manager. Okay. So what happens to the plumber, the plumber goes and he, he starts his own business. Well, he fails because he doesn't know how to manage money, you know, his taxes. He doesn't know how to market and get clients. He doesn't know how to, to make his customers happy with customer satisfaction. And so he fails in business. Well, it's the same with strength and conditioning. If you don't know how to, to manage time, money, and resources, you know, you're going to fail as a professional. And, uh, and then the last part is you got to be a great entrepreneur. You know, you have to kind of always be forward thinking. So again, using the plumber, I mean, if that guy is not learning the latest techniques of how to fix sinks and tubs and whatnot, then he's not going to stay in business very long. You know, so it's the same with strength and conditioning. If you're not learning the latest techniques and, and constantly sharpening the sword and, and finding different ways to reach your athletes um, in unique different ways, um, you're going to fail. So you, you can't be any one of those things. You can't just have your head in the clouds and always be thinking about the next thing and trying out all these different deals and not be a, a great technician and get results, you know, or you can't just be a manager where you're sitting in the office all day and, and not ever out on the floor and, and be a great strength coach. So you have to be a, a, all three of those things all the time. Mm. I mean, when it comes, when it comes to networking and kind of a little bit of a dirty word, cause I think people get, kind of caught up in it's a bit of a it's quite a bit cringy um going up to someone and kind of using the the kind of networking to to kind of get where you want to be or help someone out or they help you out but i think it's i don't know if you agree but it's just kind of putting yourself in the best situation uh whether it be a a seminar or going to see someone it's not actually networking it's just getting to know people and being a decent human being that's um, right. Yeah. Um, is it is that something you kind of hammer home with your your interns and your young coaches? Yeah, you know, I think you know one of the things I always tell them is that um, you know you gotta try helping them get what they want, so you you get what you want for you sure. Know? So um, you know the th the great thing about being a young strength and conditioning coach is that you have kind of this this unbridled energy to go out and constantly research and read and, and, you know, come out with different exercises and different ideas. And you just come out of university and you, you're, you're, you're up to date on current research and all that. So like myself, who's been in the field for 18 plus years and has a, a, a family of four kids and a wife and, you know, all these responsibilities, I don't, I, you know, when I go home, I don't get to go on the internet and look up exercises. I got to go to <laughs> my son's wrestling practice and my, my daughter's swim practice and, you know, all that. And so if you're a young coach and you're, and you're bringing something to the table, like you're, you're, you know, here's an article or here's, you know, a cool video or here's, a, you, know, you know, a book that I just read or summary of a book I just read or, or something like that. And you're kind of giving information to these coaches at the same time that you're networking with them. Well, then you're, you're bringing something to the table, you know? And, um, and so, yeah, you don't want to just go and walk in and say, Hey, can you give me a job? You know, it's that's not going to work. But if, no, you develop, so. if you develop a pure relationship with them and, and 
you know, you're trying, you're helping them as much as they're helping, you know, as they, as they may have, may or not have helped you. Mm. Yeah. Um, then, then there's a good chance that they're going to, they're going to, you know, when opportunities come about that they hear about, they're going to say, Hey, you know, I, this is, this is a good young coach that I know he might be a good one for you to talk to, you know? Yeah, for sure. I mean, just going on to the article that you were, that you were involved with, uh, you mentioned another two as well as networking, uh, obtain all minimum qualifications and be humble. Do you want to just give us a little, I know I'm taking a bit of your time, but just give us a little bit of a, um, an overview of them two things and anything else you'd, you'd kind of recommend? Yeah, you know, I think what, what I mean by that is minimum qualifications, you know. So right now there's, you know, just, and I'm hiring coaches all the time, you know, and so I see this more and more with each year that goes by. I don't want to sound like an old fogey, <laughs> you know, but the reality is, is that, a lot of coaches, um, they they come out of the university, they got their degree, they get their certification, and they're like, because I have the education, the book knowledge, now I'm qualified to do the job, you know. And in a in a high uh, demand job, I mean, it's not like a lawyer where there's millions of lawyers out there, you know, um, or hundreds of thousands of lawyers, you know. Strength conditioning, you know, to be at the top of of professional strength and conditioning in the United States, there's 500 jobs, you know, to be at the top at, 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 in college at the United States, there's a thousand jobs, you know, so there's, I mean, there's 1500 jobs to be at the top, you know, worldwide, that's probably, you know, maybe 5,000 jobs total, you know, and so, you know, every year there's people coming out and they, they think just because they have this degree and this certification that they're qualified to be the head strength coach for Manchester United or, <laughs> or, or, um, you know, the, the Cleveland Browns or whatever, yeah, yeah. you know? And so they, they got to understand that the practical part of that is huge as well. And so you have to kind of get the minimum qualification. So, you know, getting your degree, getting your certification, going on, getting an advanced degree, you know, getting practical experience. That's, that's, that just keeps you in the pile, you know? <laughs> So when I get 500 plus resumes for jobs, I'm looking for a reason to get people out of the pile, not put people in. Yeah. The second part is you got to be humble. You know, if you're, if you got all the answers as a 22 year old, 25 year old strength coach, you know, then, you know, I'm going to be like, I'm, I'm as a, as a 40 year old strength coach, I'm just now learning how to ask the right questions, you know? And, um, and so, you know, I'm not interested in somebody that has all the answers. I'm, I'm, I'm interested in people that are helping me explore what the right questions are to ask so we can get the correct information. And, uh, you know, so, again, there's this confidence in this air about strength coaches, you know, and, and a lot of times it's like, you know, I have, you know, I have all the answers and you got to hire me because of the way I look and yada, yada, yada. Well, um, there's that humility is a, is a missing piece. And, it, and, it, and the reality is, is that because of that, because of that lack of professionalism of this Neanderthal type of approach, it, it gives our profession a bad name, you know? And so we need to, we need to be constant, the, the consummate professional, you know, when we go and we present, we need to look sharp. We need to have great information. We need to do it in a very professional way. When, when we interact with media and, 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 um, different opportunities along those lines we need to we need to put forward our best foot 
um, instead of just kind of being like this guy that screaming yells at at athletes. Mm. Yeah, and that's that's cool. I mean, I spoke to uh, earlier on in the uh, in the podcasting episode ten or eleven. I spoke to Jason Weber from Fremantle Dockers in the AFL, and he spoke about uh, a physical assessment that he puts his potential um, new coaches through. Do you do anything like that? Well, like, we have, make we sure have, they can make sure they can sufficiently squat, clean, um, sprint drills, things like that. Yeah, we have uh, we have a program here that I've, I've had through the years and, and we've had several hundreds of interns kind of come through our program and I had a lecture series that I would give our, our interns. Um, it's an eight lecture series and, uh, you know, we've, we've had them go through it for the last 15, 16 years. And, um, and really it's just kind of educating them on the field, you know, and then, during that process, if they're here live, you know, then we, we go through, like we take them through um, our, you know, our program for that semester. They have to actually, we call it University of McKeefree, where they go through nice. um, all the all the exercises. We take them through the program. I want them to feel how the athletes are going to feel. So, I mean, we, we, I mean, they're puking left and right, <laughs> you know, and, um, and then we talk about the coaching, the teaching progressions, and then you know, then we have them test out as part of the practicum. You know, we make sure that they come in and they test out on all the the major exercises, and and uh, they have to present a a annual program on a sport of their choice, and we pick that apart. But um, but we've had a lot of coaches that that have in in the years that haven't been able to come down. So I ended up putting it online as a product. It's called Strength Coach Basic Training. Yeah. Um, if you go to strengthcoachbasictraining.com, you can sign up. But it's a it's a um, all the lectures are on there, all the assignments and the projects are on there. Uh, but it's become this community now of coaches that, uh, you know, have, have interacted with each other and, and people have gotten jobs out of there, hired people out of there, all that kind of stuff. So it's been, it's been pretty neat. So if there's young coaches out there, check that out. That's a, it's a pretty neat little deal. No, sounds really good. Okay. Just to, just to finish off and, uh, get you back into your day. Do you want to uh, just tell us a bit about uh, Iron Game Chalk Talk and uh, your website and everything else that you've got going on? Yeah, sure. It's, uh, I appreciate that. You know, Iron Game Chalk Talk is a, a podcast that I started about, it's, it's going on its third year now, 2015. And I started it because, you know, when I was in between jobs, um, driving around and, and meeting with coaches got to be really expensive. And, um, so I started Skyping people and I'm a visual person. Most athletes are visual people. Um, and so I wanted to do both an audio and visual podcast. So, you know, what I really wanted to do and what I found, you know, what talking to my assistants and things, and, you know, I've been able to create a pretty good network through the years, um, of, of different coaches. And, um, and so I wanted to create this chalk talk type of session where it's me and another coach in the room talking about training and you as a young strength coach or just another strength coach in general are there kind of sharing in that process, you know, and maybe it's, maybe it's with somebody that you wouldn't normally talk to. Maybe it's with somebody that you maybe couldn't get an audience with, um, you know, but all of a sudden now, you know, for your drive to work or, or whatever, you're able to, to sit there and listen to some of the best in the world. Um, talk shop and um, and so it's been a pretty neat fun project for me um, it's you can get to it on my website at ronmckeefer.com 
or you you can go to um, iTunes and search for Iron Game Chalk Talk, or YouTube, search for it on there as well, because like I said, it's a video as well as audio, and uh, like I said, we're over, I think we're over 80 plus episodes now, and, and talk to, to some phenomenal, phenomenal coaches from around the world, so it's really been a, a neat deal, and other than that, we have the strength coach basic training I mentioned, and uh, for you know my anything that I've created, I've always created for the coach and at, 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 on a platform of education. And so it's not so much you know for me to make money or this out of the other. I mean, strength coach basic training basically, I think it pays for like my cable bill, you know. Right. <laughs> uh, and uh, and then strength on demand, strength on demandcom is a online archive. A, a buddy of mine. We're talking, you know, and there's all these different great clinics from around the world um, that put on these these fantastic clinics, but not everybody can go to them, you know. And so, you know, they, those clinics, they may sell a DVD and they may make a couple bucks off that, you know, but then, you know, that content just goes and dies. And I, I thought that that was a travesty, you know. I wanted to make sure that, you know, good clinic presentations, even that maybe have been put on 10 years ago, People are still having an opportunity to find those and listen to them, and so um, we created uh, we created strength-ondemand.com, and it's that's what it is. It's an online archive of, of different clinic presentations, um, again from some of the best in the in the world, and and um, you, you know basically we put up a new one each month, and and uh, we're constantly adding to it, and um, it's it's you know I think it's I'm not even sure what it costs. I think ninety seven bucks or something. You know, but you're able to get to any you know, all these different clinic presentations on your smartphone or you know anywhere you got an internet connection and watch on your own time. So it's a pretty neat little deal. No, that's a great idea. Uh, it's really good, and just to vouch for the Iron Game Chalk Talk, really good, and you got some really good guests on. And I kind of mark myself on uh, on on this podcast on the guys I'm getting on and think, yeah, Ron's had him on. Yeah, we're good to go. It's, it'd be decent. It'll be decent. <laughs> so, yeah, and, I, and I've used it as a bit of a, an education for myself. Not that you're aware of that, but. Um, wow, that's awesome. I'm so hopefully, hopefully I'm uh, keeping the little train going with the, with the podcast. So that's, that's fantastic. But I'll uh, I'll let you go, and I just want to say again, big thank you for for your time that you've uh, that you've given to us, and you've got a busy day ahead. Um, so I'll let you go, but uh, thanks very much, Ron. No, man, you know, Rob, it's it's, it's been a pleasure and it's been a lot of fun, and and I and I know, as you mentioned, how much work goes into producing these types of things and and doing them, and and um, you know, so I truly appreciate anybody, yourself included, that is willing to take the time to put out a resource for other strength coaches to, to continue to learn and, 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 and find a platform for people to or provide a platform for people to, to learn it, uh, the way that they may consume information. And so yeah, for sure. appreciate what you're doing and, and the time it takes to do it, buddy. No, no problem. No problem at all, Ron. And I'll, uh, I'll speak to you shortly. And thanks again for your time. Absolutely. But take care. Have Cheers, a good day. Ron. Bye-bye. Yeah. Thanks for tuning into the Pacey Performance Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the chat with Ron. Certainly some great take-home messages there, especially at the end, not only for aspiring strength coaches, but for guys currently working in the field, uh, obtain no minimum qualifications, uh, being humble and networking, certainly something that should be carried out through uh, throughout your career. If you do want to keep in touch with everything that's going on in the podcast, 
as I said before, you can subscribe on iTunes, you can download the Podomatic app, or you can listen on YouTube via YouTube or via paceyperformance.co.uk. So check all them out, and I will speak to you in the next episode.